This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back, a college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Game one victory to the Razorbacks. Game two victory to the Ole Miss Rebels. And there will be a rubber match in the Super Regional for a trip to the College World Series today at 3 p.m. in Baum Walker Stadium. And, I mean... There's really a lot to unfold here because you're talking yeah. about two different games with right. two different, completely different feels and vibes to it all. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, after Isaiah Campbell's performance on Saturday and uh, had some really good hits, especially uh, from guys like Ezell, and then in yesterday's game where you gave up eight runs in the first two innings to Ole Miss, it, it was just a tale of two completely different games, and it's gonna, all going to come down to today. And, Tommy, you know, we were discussing before the show even started – that it, the confidence level is always ch- ever-changing depending on the latest performance of your team. After the game one, you felt like, hey, man, this is great. If this team can do what they did today, if they can hit the ball the way they did today, they're in great shape. But then after a game like yesterday, where your pitching gives up eight runs, as I mentioned, in the first two innings, you make some mental errors, some mental mistakes, uh, you actually did a good job against DeCasey for Ole Miss if you just look at the stat line, but 13-5 to and a victory for Ole Miss. It's just now going into game three, I don't know where the confidence level is at with this Arkansas team as far as the fan perspective of can they bounce back because they did it against South Carolina last year in the Super Regional. Can they do it against Ole Miss this year in this year's Super Regional? You know, if game one of this Super Regional had been a 3-2 final, the emotion and how you felt about game two would be so much different than, you know, had, you know, it was 11 to two. Everybody thought it was a foregone conclusion. Oh, I mean, 11 to two, you know, you're going to go out there and roll them up again. And the, the flip, the, the script got flipped on you, you know, obviously for game two. So, it, you know, the question is, how do you respond? I mean, it was just really two identical games in a lot of ways. Now, Arkansas hit the ball better than. Then Ole Miss did in Game One yesterday, but doesn't matter when you didn't get any runs on the board, um, you know, compared to your opponent. So just a just a, a tough outing because Arkansas, you know, from the get go, could never get the pitching performance on track, no matter who they turned the ball to, who who Dave handed the ball to, they couldn't get it going. I was really surprised by Connor Nolan and him coming in and uh, you know the, struggling the way he did. Uh, we know that he's a true freshman. We know that there's been times where he has struggled during the regular season, but he came in, only had one inning pitch, gave up three hits and four earned runs. And the thing is, it wasn't just Connor because Cole Ramage comes in right after him, mm-hmm. gives up three hits, four runs, four earned runs as well, and walked six batters. That was something that Dave Van Horn really talked about. I was like, listen, it, it's one thing for Arkansas to lose this game, but he's like, we beat ourselves. We, the amount of walks that we had, we gave up, but we just had a lot of. They took advantage and they whipped us. Ole Miss is too good of a team to have that type of game against and expect to get out of there with a victory. Yeah, I mean, your first two pitchers give up four runs each. Every pitcher you gave the ball to gave up at least two runs in the game. I mean, it was just one of those days. I mean, the the worst. I mean, if you'd have told me before the game that yeah, you know, Arkansas is going to lose this game because the lefty for Ole Miss is just going to get after you and Doug Nikhazy is going to 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 give Arkansas problems at the plate, totally believable. But that's not really 
what happened in this game. In fact, Nikhazy went five innings. Now, perhaps he could have been stretched a little longer, but Arkansas was not having trouble getting to him at the plate a little bit. What was it? Five innings of, of work for Nikhazy and, uh, you know, five runs on, on 10 hits. So, I mean, he wasn't exactly uh, having one of his masterful days, you know, carving up the Razorbacks. So, you know, that's the thing that surprises me. Arkansas loses to the to the lefty, but that that's not why they lost. They lost because they didn't pitch well at home. That it, it was just an ironic way to lose, yeah. I, I think, based on what we'd seen recently out of this team. Take nothing away from Ole Miss because they played oh, cool. they played well, but yeah. Arkansas beat themselves in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, and it's also like if you were bringing up Nikhazy, if I would have told you before the game started that Nikhazy was going to only pitch five innings, give up ten hits, and five earned runs, mm-hmm. you probably would have gone ahead and say, well, yeah. you know. book, 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 the, book the rooms in Omaha. <laughs> Print the shirts. Yeah, I can't wait for the Print dog the pile to happen. Did yeah. we get video of it? I mean, that's, that's how confident you yeah. would have been. So it's like one of these things that you can't just look – at a stat sheet and really understand exactly how Arkansas lost this game. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a lot of factors that went into well, it, of course, but the the way they lost the game was just I don't again taking nothing away from Ole Miss. They beat themselves more than it was Ole Miss beating Arkansas. And there's no errors on the on the box score, but Arkansas didn't field the ball cleanly as well. That didn't handle the fielding as as well as they have all year long. So there were some double plays that didn't get turned that normally get turned because footwork wasn't right or, or handling the ball wasn't right. Um, it, it just just there was about six or seven plays where Arkansas just didn't didn't make good decisions in the field or, or good execution of the of of good decisions. So in the end, um, you find yourself again in a game three of a super regional. And this isn't unfamiliar or uncharted territory for this nope. program. This isn't something that that these players haven't seen before or dealt with before. In fact, they're quite familiar with being in this spot. So uh, I think this is maybe the toughest of the three Super Regional Game 3s they faced in these recent three seasons. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to take a third game for Arkansas to punch a ticket to Omaha. And for the first time ever, Arkansas can get to back-to-back College World Series as a program, but you got to get through Ole Miss today in order to do it. So let me ask you, just going off of your gut feeling, your gut instincts, how confident are you that Arkansas wins the game this year? Not as com- not as confident as I'd like to be. I mean, so, some of me just my stubbornness. I want to stick with my original prediction, and some of that's because I'm less emotional about it. When when you think about it last week, and you don't take the emotions of the first two games into account, but I never did think because I always thought Arkansas's home field edge was stronger than than the fact that Ole Miss has kind of had Arkansas's number. I, I just thought Arkansas A is the better team, and, and the way Arkansas plays at home is better. I, I I said to you going into to game two, I didn't think Ole Miss could beat Arkansas over 18 innings. They beat them over nine yesterday, but can they beat them over 18? I still feel that way. And maybe that's just me being stubborn and wanting what I said once before to be accurate. Maybe Maybe that's it. But but I, I just really feel that way that Arkansas at home is probably uh, most uh, more unlikely to give give up a game three at home than it is to to see Ole Miss just come in here and once again take Arkansas's lunch money because they quote unquote have their number today. Everybody's pitching freshmen. Uh, I don't see any real edge that hey you know they've got an ace going that they've saved or there, there's just not any kind of real built in advantage that I'm aware of on paper that that makes me feel uneasy about it. 
The big advantage, Arkansas is playing at Baumwalker Stadium. Yep, that is the advantage. And again, to clarify and to maybe give some sort of silver lining to you Razorback fans who aren't feeling as confident today, just remember that last year in the Super Regional in Fayetteville against South Carolina, you lost game two. You lost game two where you were down 7-1 to one through the fifth inning of game two, and then they ended up blowing the doors. I know that it was 8-5, to five, but yeah. you were still out of that game very early yeah, in the matchup. Who pitched that game three last year? Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, you don't have that guy this year for game three. Well, no, but I mean, but Isaiah, he, wasn't, he wasn't Isaiah, Isaiah Campbell. Last a, a, again, that was that was my next day. He wasn't exactly, you know, because you had Blaine Knight for game one. So that's not a completely fair statement the way I'm phrasing it. But Wicklander, maybe next year can be the Isaiah Campbell of this team. This will be a big moment for him to maybe take that step forward and help his team punch that ticket. Yeah, because if he can go out there and he can pitch really well in this situation and in this circumstance, I mean, as a fre- as a freshman, what what more can you ask of the guy? So, you know, that was a great team last year. They made a great run to the College World Series last year. You can do it again today. It's like Tommy said, it's not like this team has not seen this before and been in this situation before when it comes to game threes in elimination mode. So they got to they got to take care of business today. They got to play a lot better than what they did yesterday. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast brought to you by the all new Natural Light Natterdays, a light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, Yesterday, with Connor Nolan and the way that he struggled mm-hmm. and the way that you know the pitching just struggled overall and the team struggled overall, something that was brought up and that we talked about yesterday during the postgame show over at the stadium shop was, could this be a situation where after game one and then that victory, Dave Van Horn said, you know what, let's, let's roll out Connor Nolan in game two. Yeah. Let's just see what he can do because we know that Ole Miss is going to come out fire. We know that Ole Miss is too good of a team to go down quietly. Let's throw him out there. Let's see what he can do, and let's save Wicklander for game three. Do you think that that could be a possibility? Well, I mean, in the first inning, everybody's like, man, you made the wrong cut. Everybody's double, you know, everybody's doing a double take on that decision, right? Everybody's wondering, man, after Connor Nolan at what, face seven batters, wasn't it? You know, everybody's wondering, man, what what would have happened if you had faced had Wicklander out there? That's on my mind. I don't, was that on y'all's mind? Oh yeah, that was on my mind, and it made me wonder too that that's the reason why. Because you know, Dave Van Horn didn't come out before the game, the series started, and say game one stars Isaiah no. Campbell, game two starter but, is Connor Nolan. He but, waited till after the game, right? But, but we were all on board and all thought that was the way it was going because of the way that Connor had pitched at home and he'd really pitched better over the last two to three weeks. No one, no one questioned that decision. Not the date. That's the thing. Dave Van Horn's decisions don't ever get questioned anymore. And and I'm not saying he makes a bunch that should in hindsight, it didn't work out. I don't know that, you know, it just wasn't Arkansas's day as a whole. It's amazing that they got five runs yesterday. Honestly, they didn't field well. They didn't pitch well, obviously. That was the biggest problem. It just wasn't Arkansas's day in basically every category. They got five runs on 12 hits, but, I mean, just goodness gracious, nothing, they, they couldn't get out of their own way in a, lot of, in, in a lot of circumstances. I'm not convinced if you had Wicklander out there, it would have been a whole lot better. Now, maybe. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, But in the end, if Connor Nolan would have had the kind of performance – 
in a game three that he did yesterday, sack the bats. It's over. Yeah. So, you know, you live to fight another day because the question is, would Connor be better in a game three versus a game two? Now, I know you're thinking, well, Wicklander was out there. Maybe you would have even had a game three. Well, perhaps, but, you know, what if you'd have lost three to two? Mm-hmm. Now, Connor Nolan comes out, and if he had had that kind of performance to start off a third and decisive game, it's probably a disappointing finish to the season. Yeah. It just makes me wonder because of the timing of when right. Dave Van Horn comes out and says, it's going to be Connor Nolan. He waits till after the game because what if Arkansas lost game one? Mm-hmm. If they would have lost game one, would Connor Nolan not have gotten the start? Would they have yeah. gone with Patrick Wicklander knowing they're facing elimination? Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to the call we had a minute ago since we're talking pitching and, and, and pitching decisions. Pig, Pig Suey called in 10 minutes ago and we got to talking to Officer Breeden and, and talked about if they had left Isaiah Campbell. And while we're talking coaching decisions and pitching. Was Isaiah Campbell left in too long to where he can't help you in this game three? Should he even be an option? Should that even be a consideration? Obviously, he had a career-like performance in game one of this series where he went 102 pitches, could have had a complete game, gave up a couple of home runs, but um, but was very much in control and in command of this game that Arkansas won 11-2. I don't think Pigsoy was saying that he should come back and start two games in a series. I don't think that's what he meant. I think what he meant is if he hadn't went 102 pitches, and since the game was so out of hand in the fifth or sixth inning, if he had went 65 or 70 pitches at that point, would you have him available for an inning today if the season was on the line? Should that decision have been made rather than keep the bullpen completely more or less out of the game on Saturday? No, I I don't think that should have been a factor. I don't think that should have been a decision. And I'm not I, saying it's a it's a bad idea, but I mean, you well, could, I mean, are you going to do that every single time you're facing elimination? How do you take the ball out of a guy's hands that has pitched with such control and been? I mean, I know he gave up the home run in the first, and then he gave up the home run in the ninth. But other than that, he was. I mean, no one got past second base. We got two second base, I guess. Gave up three other hits in the game besides the two home runs, and neither home run really mattered. The one in the first, you know, g- gave a, a quick one nothing lead that Ole Miss, you know, briefly held. My point was, when you have a a million dollar arm, or however you want to describe Isaiah Campbell, I think it's fair to say that's a million dollar arm, mm-hmm. right? Multi million dollar arm, perhaps. I think is. As a head coach, you're, you're certainly making decisions about a player of that nature much differently than you would a guy that's not going to have a professional baseball career and certainly a guy that just went you know, a week ago or whatever it was in the second round of the Major League Baseball draft. I don't see how you would even... You manage him a little differently than you would maybe someone else. This isn't Charlie Boyce. You know. Y'all remember him? No. That name doesn't come... He pitched like a thousand pitches in one day in regional ones. <laughs> Literally, look it up. Well, so. I believe you. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's that like you're a thousand and three pitches. You wouldn't lead us astray. Oh, no, I mean, he pitched like in both games of a doubleheader or something. I mean, it was, it was just one of those those things that he wasn't projected to be a big time. Like he wasn't going second round in the major league baseball draft, and he got used a lot in the weekend. And I mean, I believe it was the Texas coach. I believe. That took a shot at Dave over it. Anyway, you know, Dave wouldn't handle 
Isaiah Campbell. I, mean, I, I think I think the way they handled it was just right. You you can't take the ball away from a guy that was in control, as Pig Suey was suggesting. Well, right, and and just say that you did take him out of the fifth inning. Arkansas was up nine to two at that point. You took him out in the fifth inning, just assuming that if you needed him to come back, that would be the case. What if Ole what Miss the, being what? a great team? If you threw in your relief, if you threw in cops or whoever you're going to put in there ends up giving up three or four runs in that next inning. And, John, what has been one of the Achilles heels for this team? What has been one of the things that you worry most about? Relief pitching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my point. (laughs) Are you serious? You you don't take Isaiah. If you know anything about this baseball team, listen, hindsight's always 20-20, but you would seriously want to take out Isaiah Campbell, who's pitching a gym, who's out there giving a performance of his life, take him out and for the kind of maybe possibility that it does go to a game three and if you need him in relief in game three he's available to go uh, no you you you're because you would feel stupid like how like how bad would you we be ripping Dave Van Horn right now if he took out Campbell <laughs> after five innings of just pitching beauty they give up a bunch know. of runs lose that game and then they lose yesterday and they're 0 two in the super regional even when they had a nine to two lead, but they took out Campbell, like that just wouldn't make sense. And that's why it wasn't done because it didn't yeah. make sense. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I I understand having a guy that comes back and maybe gives you an inning. I don't think his his arm is not available even for an inning or even a batter today. And who knows when the season's on the line? Lots of things get brought into play that otherwise don't make logical sense. I would be. Beyond surprised, even in the most desperate of situations today, to see Isaiah Campbell make one last return, even to fa- face a single batter today. Yeah, I don't think that that's happening. Although yeah, it would yeah. be a really cool story. Could you yeah. imagine the the reaction if you're in the ninth inning and it, you got a one run lead, but it looks like that they got bases loaded, something crazy like that, and you got to bring in Isaiah to close them out? I mean, that would be a really cool story. I just don't know if you want. You don't want Isaiah Campbell to be put in that no. situation with what he has on the line and his career and and all of that. I understand that well, you want to win at all costs, but certain costs are just a little too high. Right. And Dave Van Horn's never been the kind of coach, kind of manager of players that is going to put a kid's mm-hmm. future at risk over mm-hmm. trying to get that third out or that 27th out in this case. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, does that mean he's going to keep doing it again? Like, what would keep him from doing it again with this team in the College World Series if they're facing elimination? You know, I mean, what got, would keep him from doing it? If you got down to that point, and maybe you're in the College World Series, and maybe the national championship's on the line, I bet you got to fight a player off from oh, going yeah. in to the game at that point. At that point, yeah. But even then, that's where the coach has to be level-headed and protect. I just think that I get where Pig Suey's coming from, in your world and where you're coming from with that question, Arkansas preserves the 9-2 lead that John's talking about, that they held at that point. In Dave Van Horn's mind, you're worried to death about keeping a hold of and in control of a seven-run lead. Yeah. You know, you don't, give, you, don't, you don't take the ball out of a guy's hand that is in command of his stuff. You just don't do it. No. Ever. No. And I, I think that we should all have faith in that Dave Van Horn making that decision is what's the best decision I mean, for Isaiah Campbell and for this team. I mean, he wasn't throwing a no-hitter, but it, it, was, it was a thing of beauty what was going on out there. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's like you don't have just a storage, at least I don't, of great pitching performances in Arkansas postseason history, but I'd be hard-pressed to find one that's 
as good or better than in, that one. In a, in a moment that large. Yes, yeah. in a moment that large, exactly. So, But, yeah, we had to make sure that uh, Pick Suey, again, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think that would have been the wise decision or the best decision. Hopefully, it's Patrick Wicklander and the guys today don't even need the help from Isaiah Campbell because the bats get going so great that you have a big lead on Ole Miss. That's what you're hoping for. But uh, if well, it comes down to it, though, in that situation. Let's see. You got Kosti Shock, who's yep. totally rested. Cronin, Cronin hadn't been in. So, I mean, Arkansas's got, got Scroggins. Scroggins, Kosti Shock, Cronin. So, I don't I don't think the starting – and I think Ole Miss's bullpen, just, just kind of listening to some scouting report and some people, they're in a similar situation – with starting pitching, going to a freshman, same kind of situation. They got three or four guys, uh, two or three guys that they haven't used yet. They haven't used Caracy yet, who's their closer. So similar deal with Cronin. Um, I, I think both Bianca and Dave Van Horn will both have quick hooks on their starters today if things aren't going well. You just can't afford to not to, to let, it, let, let, let it get away from you. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden... You go from having a clean inning to two guys on and nobody out and runners at second and third, you know. Yeah. And and, cool. I, and it's also a factor and too. And the meat of the lineup It's up. also a factor too on how the umpire calls the strike zone well, too. We were talking about that during our post game yesterday. That's the game within the game is yep. is uh, I presume that Jeff Head who is a veteran umpire who was at first base yesterday will be behind the plate um for today's uh super regional deciding game 3. His strike zone and how it matches up with these pitchers is a huge thing in today's game. Yeah, because last week, Linus Baker, I think that's his name, was the ump that when Wicklander was on the mound, he had a pretty wide strike zone. And that helped, obviously, Wicklander was trying to paint the plate. But if you have a tighter one today and he's not getting some of those calls early, that could kind of deter his confidence early. That extra two to three inches one way or the other, you know, is a huge thing. And yesterday, they. You could tell the frustration listening to the broadcast about the the inconsistencies both ways. Phil and Bubba were on this. You could hear the, the crowd groaning and moaning about it. It was coming through the TV. It's just the strike zone yesterday it wasn't bad for Arkansas or bad for Ole Miss. It was just inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It was hard for anybody to figure out what a strike was because what was a strike in the first inning, and that same pitch wasn't, I mean, maybe even the next batter, certainly the next inning. So that, that was the difficult thing yesterday. Even if you don't like the strike zone, if it can stay the same. The worst thing that could happen today, like you said, for Wicklander is it'd be the size of a coffee can. Yep. Yep. You want consistency either way, though. Right. You just want it to be the same batter to batter, inning to inning. Yeah. No, and looking. hopefully it's a little more loose today for, for this one. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And if it's not, then everyone will just blame the refs and the, well, the umpires. Just. Just like Listen, they, they had it was frustrating yesterday, but it didn't have anything to do with the outcome of that. One. No, 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 no. That that no. was all on our. There was some very decisive three-two calls, some full count calls that didn't go Arkansas's way. But that's that's just baseball. Yep, they were border. There was a lot of what appeared to be borderline pitches, borderline calls in that game. Ton of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard decisions in that game. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, Arkansas can uh, reverse their fortune a little yeah. bit and get an umpire that can. Uh, Call well, a little more consistency. Hopefully, it ma- well, you just, you just hope it matches up. That, yeah, you, know, you want consistency. That strike. Well, not. I'm, yes, you want consistency, but you need the strike zone today to match up with Wicklander. So, well, yeah, but. because I'm telling you, if it, if he's not given the edge, then 
Arkansas's got trouble. Yeah. No? Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer. With a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays. Fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Here's Casey Martin and Dominic Fletcher on game, playing a game three today. I mean, a lot of us have uh, been here before. Um, you know, game three is not something we're scared of. I think we're all excited to play in a game three. And, uh, you know, when the pressure's on, that's really when we thrive, I feel like. You know, there's nothing to really be nervous about. And uh, I think we strive on that. And, uh, you know, we, we play good on those days. So we'll be ready. It's different from the fan confidence of game three and what the player confidence is in game three. Because the player confidence is, hey, we've been here before. We We've been in a, in a process of elimination. We've been here last year, of course, against South Carolina. And that's super regional. You are facing elimination. So I don't think that this moment is going to be too big for this team. This pressure, this stress is not going to be too big for this team. It's going to be how is the performance? How are you going to come out and play after the poor performance that you put in yesterday against the Ole Miss Rebels? That's going to be the key. How can you redeem yourselves? How do you get off in the bottom of the first with your starting pitching? Yep. That That's... I think after yesterday, everybody's kind of holding their breath. This is, you know, because let's face it: do you have full faith in Wicklander like you do, like an Isaiah Campbell? Of, of course not. You know, and that you just got to grow into that. So yesterday was surprising the way Connor Nolan pitched at home. Uh, you're just praying today that you know surely Arkansas can't have back to back disappointing starting pitching perform- performances. That's the key to this thing. Is your starter needs to get you to the fifth, sixth inning, something like that. Have you in the ball game, and then you've got enough arms in your bullpen. Your bullpen, your relief pitching's got to be solid over the last three to four innings, and then you know you got a good chance of winning the game today. But it's going to be hard if you're going to the pen in the second inning. It'll be real hard. Yeah. Well, if you have a situation where you're down seven, eight runs after two or three innings. Oh. They don't have. Oh. A, I mean, you, you, I don't think it'll get that far. I, I think you're. I mean, as far as starter still in, yeah, it won't get that far. No, 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 it, it won't. But you know, Ole Miss is a good team too, because that was something I was bringing up yesterday on the post game show when people were really upset, which understandable. I mean, if you have a performance like that, you get upset. But it's not that Ole Miss is just some scrub team. I mean, they're a good team. They're in the super regional for a reason. They made a great run in Hoover. They swept through their own regional like it was nobody's business. They're a really good team, and if you give them opportunities, they're going to take advantage of it. That's what it was yesterday. You, you gave them opportunities. You, you made some poor decisions. You had some errors on your own part that led to some scoring, that led to some bad plays, and Ole Miss took advantage of it. So it's not like just yesterday was some anomaly. It was just one team didn't play well, and the other team took advantage of it, similar to what it was in game one. And it's going to have to be the same thing today where you can't make those same mistakes. You can't have those errors. You can't allow Ole Miss to take advantage of your missed opportunities. Because if you do that, that's how they're going to beat you. Ole Miss is too good of a team to give them all those opportunities and to skate by either way. So yeah. you just can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you just uh, yeah, Arkansas is in the same boat that Ole Miss was in 24 hours prior, you know, mm-hmm. after game one. How do you rebound? I think the mental rebound. Now, the difference is Arkansas doesn't have to go into someone else's stadium to do this. I, I thought what Ole Miss yet did yesterday was pretty impressive, particularly when you come out and Arkansas hits a home run in the first to go up 2 nothing, and you're like, all right, here we go. 
More of the same. Yep. We're just going to keep pouring it on. And then it all came unraveled in the in the middle of the first somehow. Arkansas was the visiting team yesterday. Still bothers me, by the way. Well, that's just the way it is. I but, know. You know, so I thought what, what un, you know, I, I, for Ole Miss to, to not get down early, I mean, of course, obviously they hadn't had their first at bat and Connor Nolan was missing spots and, you know, it all came unraveled there in the bottom of the first with Arkansas, uh, you know, you know, just not not performing well. It's three to two. Gave up, like you said, eight runs in the first two innings. Game got away from him early. You just can't let this game get away from you like that. Yeah, because it changes everything when you get down big like that. It changes your strategy. It changes everything. I know it's going to be elimination, so you're going to have to go all hands on deck with it. But you know, when you get down that early, it changes everything, and it's re- really tough to come back from that. And in Arkansas, Tommy, they were only down eight to five too at one point in time. They they kind of scored came yeah. back a little bit. They yeah. had a position where the guys runners were at second and third with two outs what? and couldn't take advantage of it. Three straight two out hits. Yeah, two out doubles. I believe it was. Yeah, so. I mean you had an opportunity to make some noise, but just couldn't capitalize on it. Yeah. So yeah, because Arkansas got back in the game there in the fourth, but then the the sixth inning is really where the door got shut. Yes. Ole Miss picked up three more runs in the sixth, and that was followed up with two more in the seventh. And that was it. That was all she wrote. Really, the sixth inning. I mean, Arkansas never really. Never really even threatened past the fourth. No. So no, it was over pretty early, that's for sure. Let's go to the phone lines. Rick is in Lowell. What's going on, Rick? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, so obviously yesterday if we were looking at that and watching it real close, um, not all strike zones were equal. Um and and I say that if I mean if you look up on the old internet you can see some yeah, I think we're losing you, Rick. So. Yeah, I think we lost you. Call back, Rick. We'll we'll try to get you in, man. Um, but you know. we were talking about the strike zone yesterday, yeah. not being you know. I thought the strike zone was inconsistent, but I didn't think it favored Arkansas or Ole Miss. Or I, I thought it was inconsistent. What did you guys yeah. think? I, I just thought it was inconsistent both ways. Yeah, well, I mean, just the reaction from the fans, even on some pitches that Arkansas gave to Ole Miss, where it looked like it was a ball. It was and called stri- called stri- everyone was like, oh, my goodness. That's what I'm saying. It was it was inconsistent. But I thought there was also a lot of, and it's hard to tell watching on TV, but I thought there was just, it seemed like a lot of borderline pitches. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those borderline decisions weren't consistent. Phil and Bubba were stressing on the broadcast that it was unequal both ways. They wanted to make sure that Arkansas fans listening didn't think they were just the ones getting hosed. That was both the Ole Miss pitchers and the Arkansas pitchers that were getting inconsistent calls throughout the game. So yeah, I don't you know you use the word hosed. I don't know if anyone got hosed. I just thought as a you know maybe you want to describe it as a a poorly umpired game from behind the plate. Inconsistence. The word inconsistent generally is associated with bad officiating. What did you say yesterday? Consistently inconsistent? It was consistently it was consistently inconsistent. <laughs> it, it was just hard and I think it was it was it was hard for for anyone yesterday, Ole Miss or Arkansas to know what was a strike. Yeah. And, and see that's the thing too. I, I think that's a fair yeah assessment of yesterday. Well, and see and that's the thing too is that in umpiring especially, at least in the games that I've watched where it's been people have talked about the inconsistency of the uh, umpire behind home plate. It's always, or at least normally, is for both teams, for both ways. It's it's not like they have one team where the strike zone changes team to team, inning to inning, bottom to the top. It doesn't change. It right. stays the same, and it stays that same way. So, yeah, there was no, I don't consider it a hosiery or 
a screw job or anything like that from the umpire crew. I just think that on both sides, it was it was inconsistent. And so one team was better yesterday with that inconsistency, and that was Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, when they're trying to pepper a certain side of the plate or a certain area, and it's called strike one way, and then the next pitch it's called a ball, when you're putting it in almost the exact same spot, that's got to be hard for the mentality of both pitchers to be just their mindset if they if they think they can hit a spot for a strike and it's called ball or hit and it's supposed to be a ball and it's a strike it's just it's hard to get in a rhythm that way well when you be, can't find it i can't imagine because i i've never been there so i can't say i can't reflect back but i can only imagine how frustrating that becomes yeah you know i can relate in golf or relate <laughs> in other sports i've participated in something you've been able to do and you do the same thing, and it's you get a different yeah. result based on the same action. Yeah, it's like you that, feel like you get the same swing with the same club in the right. same spot. And then, I just did the same thing. <laughs> Why did one go out of bounds and one went down the fairway? It was the same swing. Well, yeah. clearly it wasn't. Yeah. But, and let me ask you, know. you, Tommy. I know that obviously we're talking about you know difference between a pitcher and baseball and, and golf and, and for just for fun. But does that affect your your mental game, your, well, your psyche a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where well, but that's where mental toughness comes in, right? That's right. That's right. That's where, because I, you know, I get out there and on the on the links, and the, you, maybe the mental toughness goes away. But yeah, that's where the mental toughness has to. I mean, I think it's frustration that probably sets mm-hmm. in with some of these guys, and knowing particularly how- because when you when you feel like you really threw a good pitch, or you feel like you you performed well, hey, it was a good move on it, put it right in the the spot that that you wanted to put it on, and you didn't get the call. That that's where the frustration would kick in. It's like McAveen when he got tossed in the the Louisville game, where he's just he says that's horrible. Sometimes it boils over when you think you're going to get a call, you don't get it, even mm-hmm. though he shouldn't have been ejected for that. It just I'm surprised one of the obviously Bianco they're up, so he's not going to get ejected. I thought Dave would possibly get well, into the ump's face a little bit. And I, now, if you get ejected, you're gone for the next game, right? Right. So you can't you can't afford to put yourself in a situation where you can't lead your team in a game where the season is on the line. Dave Van Horn had some discussions yesterday. It was from the dugout and right. but it you was You got to do it in a respectful, quiet yeah. um you got to do it in the proper way, particularly when you you just cannot afford to not be with your team when when the season is on the line. Yeah. You just can't afford it. Yeah, you got to pick your spots and, you know, if they know that yeah, and Dave Van Horn knows that because honestly, you know, Dave Van Horn. Well, when I say they, I'm talking about him. Yeah, I can't. I, I'd probably be pretty shocked if Dave Van Horn ever did enough to get ejected from a super regional game, uh, knowing what's on the line and knowing what the uh, the outcome would be in that. So, I mean, listen, if you can get a more consistent call that today, well, that because that's what's going to come down. We know what the pitchers yeah. are going to be. Can they get a favorable, well, at least for somebody like Wicklander, a favorable oh, oh, oh. strike zone? So you're just wanting an unfair advantage. Then. That's what you were saying. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's, a, that's important for Arkansas. Yeah, you're saying right. that if you're you're wanting a So you're just wanting an unfair zone. advantage, yeah. All right. That's what you said earlier. You I, said, I want an unfair advantage. Right. I'm so, just clarifying that that's what you want as well. Yeah, everybody wants an unfair <laughs> advantage in sports, yeah, right? I, I was going to say, that I, I think it's a roundtable agreement right. here that yeah. people want Arkansas to have an unfair advantage. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You want unfair advantages whenever you can take you know, them. I don't think it'll be less consistent than yesterday because I don't think you can get there. The question is, does the strike zone today favor Arkansas or favor Ole Miss just based on, even if it's dead on consistent, 100 out of 100, is it too tight? For Wicklander, because as Ty's pointed out, he doesn't need a smaller strike zone. He needs to be able to paint the edges and on the black get that call, or maybe an inch off the black get that call as a strike.
that's important for him. And we'll find out early in the game what it's going to be. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer. Good morning, Tom. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for putting me on here today. Well, it's always good to have you on, Tom, and it's a big day for Arkansas Razorbacks and the fans as they have a Game 3 in the Super Regional against Ole Miss. Talk about a tale of two different games. Game 1, it was all Arkansas. Game 2, it was all Ole Miss. Now it all comes down to game three. We're, we've been trying to make sense of the first two games from Arkansas and the performance that they put in. What did you make of the first two games of the Super Regional? Well, yeah, it's been, it should be some great drama today, but I, I think Isaiah Campbell obviously controlled game one, gave up a home run in the first inning, and um, Rebels were really jacked up about that. And then uh, by the time the inning was over, it was a new ball game. And so... Um, Isaiah control Isaiah just controlled that game, and then yesterday more of a slugfest. Wind was blowing out, and Connor Nolan uh, had trouble locating his fastball low in the zone, and they were waiting on a lot of his off-speed stuff. And Cole Zabowski took a a changeup deep over that right field wall in the first inning, after Arkansas had scored two in the first, and and then just took off from there. So, uh, hey, those Rebels. The way they hit, that's a booger of a lineup that you got to deal with. And now Patrick Wicklander gets it today. One of the unsung heroes so far this weekend for Arkansas, I think he's been the DH and Matt Goodhart. I think he's five of ten of them combining these box scores, right, and four RBIs. This guy's been great at the plate. There always seems to be someone that that really steps up. You could say Azell's another one of those guys, but based on the way he played in game one. But you know, you expect your DH to hit and hit well, and and so far that's to me, Tom, been one of the guys that's uh, you know. Kept Arkansas in position to, to head to Omaha today. No question. He's been a double doubles machine, and he's hitting balls deep into the gaps and stuff. I mean, he almost got one out. I think it was yesterday he almost got one out. He hit to the base of the wall. Um, and, it, you know, if the guys are on in front of him, hey, the offense hasn't been the problem. They've they've scored plenty. I mean, Nikhazy got out of a he, – he wriggled out of a couple of situations yesterday. I thought – um, I thought Arkansas's defense in the in the five run second inning let them down. A couple of double plays that could have been turned and they didn't, mm-hmm. and it wound up being a lot of runs. and And Cole Ramage just couldn't find his own and, and walk four guys. But I thought the third inning, uh, when Arkansas loaded the bases and and the last one to reach was Fletcher on a bunt single, and the crowd was just in full throat right there, bases loaded, and uh, um, Heston Kerstad had a great at bat. It's just that Nikhazy um, kind of kept him off balance, lefty lefty, and he got a he got a pitch on the outside corner that was called a strike to to strike him out there. But if he if he hits one into the gap, um, I I think you're talking about a different game. And I mean he wasn't really fooling a lot of people yesterday. I mean, he had eight strikeouts, but Arkansas had plenty of chances against Nikhazy. And uh, I don't know. I just get the feel that today could be a slugfesty type of a day with. Um, with Wicklander against Gunnar Hoagland. It has a little chippiness to it between these two. I think we'd all agree that the mood and the tension is is a little chippy. Let, let's talk about these celebrations by Ole Miss, all right? Because they seem to celebrate everything. Home runs, of course, strikeouts. They leave the dugout for everything to celebrate. How do you feel about a team like Ole Miss that celebrates everything, and then you got a team like Arkansas who doesn't even – Throw it around the infield for a strikeout. They celebrate really nothing. 
you know, they, they just go about their business. It, it's really interesting to watch that little game within the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I haven't. I, I see that they leave the dugout for the home runs, and they have this boom thing, and the fans are have these chants and stuff. It's just two different uh, ways to peel an apple, man. I, I, I know the Razorback fans are not jacked up, and it's it's because the other team's having success or some success in your ballpark. Um, I don't know where I would land as, as a coach. I like the energy and the excitement. I mean, Carson Shaddy was a fiery guy last year, and the Razorbacks sure have some dudes on their team that are, are fiery this year. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the Ole Miss is certainly one to celebrate and come out of the dugout. And um, If the Razorbacks and, and their fans don't want to see a lot of that today, well, they're going to have to pitch them better and, um, and play better defense than they did yesterday. Speaking with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette right now on the Morning Rush. Tom, I want to ask you about Connor Nolan yesterday. It really got off to a bad start when Arkansas was down 8-2 to two after two innings. I know that Connor Nolan was pulled fairly early after giving up four runs, and then in relief uh, you had some guys that also did the same thing. But Connor Nolan, I think, was shocking just how much he struggled. What was his deal from what you were able to witness? What do you feel like his biggest struggle was yesterday trying to find the strike zone and trying to get guys out? Yeah, it's just that with with his fastball, um, he could not he could could not place it low in the zone, and that's how you had to pitch yesterday. And Nikhazy had better success at at doing that than he did, and just making key pitches in clutch situations. Um, it, the changeup he he threw to Zabowski was supposed to be uh, away, low and away, and it wound up belt high down the middle. And I mean, that's just putting it on a tee for that kid. And he's a big, strong kid, and he put it out of there. And that's what you're supposed to do with that type of pitch. They waited. They they were sitting on his breaking stuff. They they know that he liked to throw change-ups and breakers. And because he could not keep them off balance with a good fastball, um, you know, all that other stuff was fair game for him. And the, the surprising thing, I believe, was that Nolan had pitched so well in recent games. Mm-hmm. I mean – He'd only given up three earned runs in the last four starts. So that dated back, I believe, to, to his LSU start. Um, you know, a little out of character. I think the, when, when the wind's blowing out, it puts a little bit of different nugget in your head about how fine you have to be with your pitches. And uh, I think he'll mature and grow through that. And in the coming years, yeah, he'll, be, he'll be a guy who you, you want on the mound in, in closing games like today. And uh, I, for his sake um, – if they can get through today, then he'll have another high-pressure game coming up in Omaha next week. Yeah, I was listening to, to Phil Elson and Bubba Carpenter yesterday, and they were talking about when Connor left the game, he went down the tunnel into the clubhouse, and one of the first guys to follow him was Isaiah Campbell, who had had a rough starting young, early in his career. I believe it was against mm-hmm. the Dallas Baptist in a regional, and they were talking about the leadership that Campbell was providing and and maybe, maybe, perhaps relaying an experience he had there, but uh, certainly those two guys have been close. And and as you said, he'll learn and grow from this. But I thought it was an interesting relay of uh, of what was going on, maybe behind the scenes or or just an observation there in the ballpark. To uh, hey, one of the first guys to maybe put an arm around him was one of the certain leaders of the pitching staff, and Isaiah Campbell. Yep, absolutely. And I, I was seeing that some um, on some social media last night as well uh, that. I mean that's what the old head is. That's what the old head does. Hey, hey, kid, I, this happened to me as a freshman. You know, mm-hmm. I, hey, I, Campbell had some rough outings last year. Y'all know. So 
so um, any expertise he can lend in, in keeping your head in the game and staying positive and, and using that to grow, I'm sure Connor Nolan listened to and 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 will take that with him and 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 apply it as necessary in the coming uh, days and years. Yeah. So what's key today? Obviously, Wicklander getting off to a good start and Arkansas, you know, having good at bats. What, what what's interesting to you today? What what are you watching for today early in this one in this game three? Well, the approach the hitters take. You know, Mike Bianco was very complimentary of how Arkansas adjusted to, to Will Etheridge's game plan, and he said especially on in, inside pitches. So it's a, it's a right-hander. Arkansas obviously hits right-handers better. And this kid's a freshman, so there's going to be pressure on him, just like there is on Wicklander, just like there was on Nikhazy and Connor Nolan yesterday. So if they stick with their game plan, if they attack the pitches that they go into the game knowing they need to attack and lay off what they need to lay off, Hoagland has a great arm. Dave Van Horn mentioned that yesterday. And when he's on, he's as good as any of these young pitchers in the league. And the same could be said for Wicklander. He's pitched better at home. He's pitched better as a starter. So, to me, it's which pitcher can execute his pitches a little bit better and which hitting squad can go through with their game plan. Uh, Because if they can get some early pressure on Hoagland, here's the thing. Both teams have plenty of depth right now or decent depth in their bullpen, and I don't think either coach will be afraid to, to pull their starter if they have to after two, three, four innings, you know, to get some, some depth in the in, in that bullpen. Kosti Shock hasn't pitched for Arkansas. Cody Scroggins, who could give you multiple innings, hasn't pitched, and obviously Cronin hasn't pitched. And for Ole Miss, Caracy, who hasn't had as strong of a year as he did last year, he hasn't pitched, and a guy named Austin Miller hasn't pitched, and he's kind of, you know, one of the, he's their setup guy. Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of arms ready to go. Uh, it, it to me it just sets up to be a great game, and whichever starter can last the longest, I think is going to have the better edge to to advance to Omaha here. Yeah, going to be a fun watch today. Hey, real quick before we go, be criminal. We didn't ask you and bring it up. Arkansas's women's track and field team wins the outdoor national championship. I I know you weren't there, but you, you you've covered and followed this team. Just uh, give us some thoughts and some insight for for us that. Don't follow it as closely as you on a on a, another awesome achievement for this storied program. It's really one of the best dynasties in all of sports. This Arkansas track and field program, men's and women's, who have won uh, so many national championships. Uh, what forty? Is this forty three now? Forty four? I've, I've lost track. Forty five? Forty five? Okay. Well, yeah. You know, it's just Lance Harder has it going on right now. Great depth. It's, it's a well balanced track roster you know they, they score points in running they score points out in the pole vault obviously and i just thought it was cool that you know they were the favorite going in and usc made a great run at them um and but when they had to score big points in the last two events they did that obviously tied going into the four by four and and um and pulled it off so they were well um congratulated got to go on top of the dugout yesterday for the game and uh, yeah, just a great achievement for Arkansas sports that um, that they were able to do that, and um, you know, kudos to Lance Carter and his his entire staff and those young ladies for uh, bringing another you know championship hardware back to Fayetteville. Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Always appreciate you hopping on with us, Tom. Enjoy the game today, man. We'll catch up with you on Thursday. It's going to be lit. See y'all. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? 
Check out the Halftime Pod at HitThatLine.com.